Welcome to the Bethel Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit ibethel.org. Can you please call me that at home, Eric? (laughs) Call me that at home, okay? Pastor Candace, you can come to dinner now. Only here. (laughs) Well, I am the older one in our home, so, you know, an elder, pastor, whatever. (laughs) I can teach you the ways of a month and a half older than you. (laughs) This has been a birthday week for me, speaking of age. I was a, it's a big pivotal birthday. I didn't think this year would be, you know, so significant. But as I talk to people, I can tell that when you turn this age, like it's really big to everybody around me. And after where they're like, how do you feel? I'm like, well, very different from yesterday for sure. <laughs> like when my daughter turned five, you know, that was so big. And they were expect, she was expecting to have to have new clothes. Like I won't fit in my clothes. Whoa, I'm still the same. Like you know, you're going to change so much when you turn this age, even though it's only one day later. And um, the year, you know, you're thinking, what are the big years that people, like when you're 16, that's pretty pivotal, when you're 18, maybe 21, sometimes 30, but definitely when you hit 40. You're 40. Yes, I'm 40, and I'm still alive. I'm doing well. I'm very excited to be 40. It's good. You know, I, I can't find one place in the Bible where it's bad to get old. Older. Old. Yeah. I mean, it's only a blessing and a good thing. And so I'm just, I, I honestly, there, I feel no shame with turning 40. I feel so blessed. I'm driving to church going, I feel so blessed and highly favored. That's, that's how I feel. I don't know. I turned 40 on Tuesday, so I haven't been in this um, year very um, many days but it's been good. <laughs> and I'm very thankful and um, expect nothing but great things. But God has been so good to us. You know, last night we had our first dinner party at our new property, and I just feel so blessed. We had outdoor with little twinkle lights, and everything gets more magical when you put up those little lights, you know, because now we can use them not just for Christmas, but use them for other things. But um, yeah, God's just been so good to me, and I am look for, looking forward to um, just what he has for me. It's just, he's always been so faithful and good. Um, a, a word from David Wagner, who was here during the prophetic conference that um, really stood out to me that I want to bring up this morning is uh, 2016, he said, God is bringing us back to foundation. And I want to put that before us because I'm excited about God shoring up uh, and giving us a really strong foundation because I know that the bigger the building, the larger it gets, the more weight that it can carry. It needs a really strong foundation. So I know that the Lord is preparing us for uh, what he has for us. So this year, I just say yes to him, um, bringing us back to foundational biblical truth, um, giving us a really secure, deep foundation in all aspects of truth and in him. And so um, I just say yes to that. Another thing that... um, was, um, has been on my mind a lot in the last few months is a friend of ours was featured in a magazine called Nations. And so we got it and it's a, a magazine of modern day reformers and they're featuring, I don't know, five, six people in it where they do interviews with people around the world that they considered modern day reformers. And one of the interviews with a, was with a guy named David Curry and he has a ministry in the Middle East for the, with the persecuted church. 
And the interview was fascinating, the questions and the responses. And one of the questions that they asked him is, what piece of advice would you give to this generation? And his response was startling to me. The first part, um, I'm like, who is this guy? But um, his full statement, I just want to read to you. His response to what advice he'd give to this generation, reject everything that you know about Christianity. I'm like, okay, this is a Christian magazine, okay. And um, that has nothing to do with Jesus. I'm like, oh, I like that. That is so good. You know, a few weeks ago, we were in a meeting with some ladies um, from, I guess, uh, Southern Cal and different states that were, came into Bethel and were met with different leaders. They're sitting in our meeting, and they just were meeting. They were so excited and overwhelmed by everything that they were receiving here. And uh, they were telling us about what they were receiving and what different leaders were um, imparted to them. And then one of them just said, oh, I would just love it here. I just want to be more Bethelized. More, you know. And I'm like, wait, what did, you, what did she just say? Bethelized. And it stuck with me. I know her heart. She just was very encouraged and inspired. And I know that's what we, we have a lot to give. And I'm very thankful for that. I'm thankful for um, who we are. But it made me concerned. I'm like, you mean Jesus-ized, right? Like we, he is much better than we are. And just I hope people take the good of what we have and be inspired by it but I want Jesus to be the center of everything here. And even people who come, like you think some of it, yes, we are amazing and him in us is amazing, but it's really him. Like we want him to be high and, left, high and lifted up, not just you know, sharing my culture or my thoughts or how I do things, but that we would know more of him and his truth and that he would be our foundation. Amen? Amen. So this last, the beginning, the beginning of this year has been an interesting year for me. We... Um, Maybe because we were buying a house and there was remodel. I entered the year probably a little tireder than normal. You know, you, usually I enter the year like looking forward to, oh God, what do you have for us? You know, looking around, what's this year about? And this year I felt a little more haggard, you know, like, whoa, there's light outside. Because we just did a major remodel on a house that we built and just entered the year just happy to be walking and um, functional. And um, January and February uh, were very different for me as I would describe myself as pretty steady, stable by nature, um, not someone who is really easy to fear or anxiety. My natural response to fear is do whatever I'm afraid of. Like if I'm like, oh, I'm afraid, oh God, I'm going to do that, you know, or, you know, when it ever came to um, who's going to give a report in class and they uh, volunteers first, I'm like, oh, that's scary. I'll do it <laughs> and just get it over with. But um, January and February, I really felt attacked by fear and anxiety, which is very abnormal for me. And um, I want to talk about that today. And um, it's an area that I know that we're not supposed to live under. And I know that we're not supposed to um, let it steal from us. I do believe that fear and anxiety is one of the easy, big access points that the devil steals from us. And uh, John 10, 10, it says, The thief does not come except to steal to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and life abundantly. So I know what, how we're supposed to live. I know what our destiny is. So if we're living anything less than that, then we're getting robbed. Fear and anxiety. When Eric and I were engaged, we got engaged in Santa Cruz. We were in college and then he moved. Yes, Santa Cruz, pitter, patter, pitter, patter. He moved to Reading and uh, was interning with Banning 
uh, in the youth department, and I stayed in Santa Cruz because I figured live it up while I can, you know, until we got married. <laughs> and um, and why was it, you know, the few months before we got married, you know, you're getting all ready for wedding and talking to people. And the little con- background for me is I come from a family of lots of divorces. I think my grand, one set of grandparents are the only ones who haven't been divorced that I could think of. And everybody else has been divorced in all directions, multiple times, one, two, three, some of them four. And so growing up in that, I learned a lot of stuff. And (laughs) getting married wasn't my highest priority. I know some people are like, oh, I can't wait to get married. I'm like, I'm actually doing really good. (laughs) Just because of the stuff that I saw was really painful and hard. And, um, but then I met Eric and, you know, who could resist? I'm like, ah, my destiny has changed. (laughs) couldn't resist you. So we get engaged and I'm, you know, looking forward to what God has for us. Very thankful. We enjoy each other very much. And the idea of living life together, all of our days just sounds like fun. And then you start talking to people about marriage. I'm getting married. Oh, that's great, honey. Well, it's good to at least start out thinking that you're going to be married for the rest of your life. Okay. Wow. You're serious. Um, you know, you just listen, okay? And the next one would be all from Christians and non everybody. Yeah, it's congratulations. Well, marriage is good, but you know, it's really hard. It's a lot of work. I mean, it's a lot of work. I'm like, I mean, a lot of work. It takes, this is work. I'm like, okay, and I walk away going, why am I getting married? I mean, my life is pretty good. And these are people that we all admire and they're not just people you don't want to be like, you know? So I'm like, whoa, there's two people that I could say that told me that marriage was great and fun and a blessing. It was Gina Horner and Bill and Benny, I think. There were two people thought, I don't know, are they lying or are they lying? (laughs) These stories are not matching up. But what that did is it opened, those comments opened up a door for me. And I spent a good month in Santa Cruz talking with friends of processing with the Lord and friends. Lord, should I be getting married or what? what is this? It's so hard. Why am I doing this? And oh, and then I started thinking about, oh, well, he's you know, raised in the church. And what if I have to live in a certain box? And I don't know what I'm doing. I sit and I started going in circles. Enough to where I talked to my, I was talking with a friend and she just said, Candace, if this is so bad, don't get married. And I'm like, no, I want to. I want to. And that's when I just thought, um, I made the decision right there. I needed to drop the rest of the fear circle that I was going on. And so we get married and I love being married. I have loved every moment. The first year was great. It hasn't been a ton of work. Of course, anything that you do with anyone, you have to work it out. But it has been such a blessing. I can't, I don't relate to every, what everyone told me. But I do feel ripped off. Ripped off because I gave a month of my life. I had a hard time sleeping. I was concerned. I wasn't sure if I should get married. I was a wreck. It was fear and anxiety ripped me off. And from that moment, I thought, I am not going to do this again. But then, you know, a few years later, I get pregnant. And I'm pregnant, and you start reading articles, and they're like, oh, no, what was that, a pain in there? What, what if it doesn't come out completely whole? And like, oh, you know, you start, well, I'm not doing that. I am not getting ripped off again because I am full of life. I am blessed. I am going to have a baby. And it stops right there. And I did really good on that one. You know, and every time that we have things in front of us that we don't know how they're going to turn out, we have to make choices. 
what we're gonna do with those thoughts or people's advice or things. And then another area was, um, I have, I've been blessed with lots of beauty marks or moles. Okay, let's just say that. And so as you get older, you hear, you know, you read the articles, watch out, you know, make sure they're clear and good shape and all this stuff, right, Julie? And, um, and I, um, you know, would get them checked out. I've had a few cut off because I want to be healthy and live long. And if it shouldn't be there, then get it off of me, that kind of thing. And um, I went through, I was um, noticing one of my moles on my leg was itching. I was like, oh, you know, I didn't know if it was mosquito bite bite or the mole, but it was just kind of itching. Then you're like, oh, it's a mole. And I'm, you know, very aware of my body. Like, oh, there's kind of, maybe I feel energy there. I don't know. So I decided to Google. (laughs) Do you know what happens if you Google itchy mole? (laughs) Here are some of the main things that come up from the top. There's a little list of, you know, stuff. And then see doctor immediately. Melanoma research. Is an itchy mole a symptom of skin cancer? Another one, melanoma is an aggressive form of skin cancer. <gasps> I'm going to die. I have an itchy mole. <laughs> and then after I read that, I could feel even more like, oh, it's not just itchy. There's energy radiating radi- through my leg. I need to go to the doctor. So I go to the doctor and they're like, no, that's fine. I'm like, but it's itching. Have you read what they say about itchy moles? <laughs> and... And mind you, I've had other ones cut off. So I trust my doctors and stuff. And this was 15 years ago, so I haven't died yet. I think they were right. But what we do when we have thoughts, what we do when we hear things are huge. And we either open the door to let the enemy come in and steal and rob from us, or we shut the door and we keep living abundantly like we're supposed to. And it's, it, it's in any area. Then you have kids and like, oh, my neck feels stiff tonight. Oh, you should Google stiff neck. That's really bad. Like, if you learn anything, Google is not a good place if you do not want to live in fear and anxiety. So Candace, remember that. No, Eric has banned me. <laughs> Don't go there. Um, and so in this season, in January and February, I... Um, I had this new, I had some health stuff that I was dealing with, and I was um, very, felt very attacked. And um, I feel fresh this morning about who, where we need to anchor ourselves, where I want to anchor myself. And I tell you that I've come on the other side of this recent situation. And this morning, I want to talk about Jesus, the Prince of Peace. And I do believe that this is a foundational message, a place that we are supposed to anchor and where we're supposed to live from all of our lives. So we're going to start in Mark 4, Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 41. And this is a story that um, we've all heard a lot of, but we're going to go into it a little bit slower and deeper. And I think there's a lot of truth in here for us to feast on. It starts out in verse 35, Mark 4, verse 35. On the same day... When evening had come. So it sets the context for evening. See, evening is different than in the day for lots of reasons. It's darker. Things aren't as bright. Even the what we, what, how we feel, sometimes we don't feel as safe. I really recognized this when our daughters were starting to stay home alone. 
And they were great during the day. They got old enough to where they were very happy and fine during the day, and they were super responsible, so it was great. Um, but something changed when it got darker. <laughs> and I would know because, like, say, I, oh, my meeting went a little late, and I got home at 8, and it just started getting dark. And I would come home, and all the lights are on, and they would have pots and pans in their hands. And they're like, hello, is everything okay? We heard a noise in the garage. I'm like, we have a cat. Um, <laughs> but stuff would change, and their minds would go places at nighttime, that they wouldn't go during the day, even though everything else was the same. So the context of this scripture passage, they specify that it is in the evening, and I think that's important. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. And this is significant. They're going somewhere new. Jesus is taking them to the other side. And I believe that we're all on a journey and God is gonna take us places that we haven't been before and we don't know what it's gonna look like and we can't answer all the questions. And I do believe that puts us, can put us in a vulnerable spot because we get to choose what we do with the unknown. We know we don't Google. No. <laughs> what is it all like on the other side? No. <laughs> um, so this feels... This feels very timely, and I think that um, they're on a journey and that we can pull from even their experience. Now, when they had left the multitude, I like that too. They left the multitude. It got a little bit smaller, more, more intimate. Where our foundation is going to be with the Lord is in intimacy. It's going to be in an encounter with Him on our journey. It's not going to be always in this room with all the people around us, but it's some, this is a personal thing and a personal journey. They had took him along in the boat as he was, and the other little boats were also with him. And, with, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat against the boat so that it was already filling. A windstorm on the water. I'm a windstorm off of the water isn't that fun. I'm from Eureka, and wind can get howling up there. It is crazy. I remember when I was younger, it would get so windy, and I had these big trees in my front yard. They weren't redwoods, but they're another kind like that, really tall. And I used to always just think, what if it falls on my house? And even being afraid at nighttime. And one time it got so windy that I woke up in the morning and it was raining in our house because the skylight blew off. And I was like, oh, I told you, it's bad. <laughs> so wind is crazy. And I think of wind on water, like wind on land that doesn't move is crazy. So they're in a windstorm on the water. And it's not just in their heads. It says, and, wa and waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. I don't know about you, but when you're in a boat, you don't want water in the boat because the boat is keeping you on top of the water. So there's a reason they even have concern. There's a reason to be concerned. And so the context is it's evening, they're going somewhere new, and they're on the water and stuff, the waves are coming against them. They're actually even penetrating, getting inside the boat. There's reason for concern. Sometimes in our lives, God's, we're in a season. We know that he's doing something in us and taking us somewhere. And things aren't looking like we thought. It isn't exactly planned out. And it feels like there is stuff coming against us, whether it's our finances or our health. And there's even some stuff coming in the boat. We're actually being affected by the things around us. Does that mean that we're going to die? Depends where you look. Verse 38, but he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. I love the picture there. It's a picture of peace. Who's, when you have anxiety and fear, how many of you just want to go to sleep right away? <laughs> I'm so fearful I can't stay awake. 
picture of peace and on a pillow. I don't know about your pillow. My pillow is so cozy. I actually stole one from Sela. I switched pillows in the last like few months and it, I put this bamboo sheet on it and it's the coziest pillow. Don't tell Sela. She has plenty of other pillows. And, um, and it's so wonderful when you put your head down. I love that they have Jesus asleep on a pillow. That is the picture of peace. And he's in the same circumstance that, they're, that everybody's in. They're all experiencing the stuff coming against the boat. And I love it. They, um, it says, and they woke him up and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Perishing, I, you know, that's a pretty strong word. If you look at perishing, I don't think, oh, Lord, we don't, we, we don't want to bother you, but we're perishing. I think that it was, Lord, we're perishing. We're perishing. That means extreme fear. The definition is suffer death, typically in a violent, sudden, or untimely way. So they were preparing to die in an untimely way. They were perishing. Do you guys ever feel that the stuff that you are experiencing or coming against you is bringing to the point of maybe you're perishing? And not just like, I'm just perishing, but it's over. We're done. That's how they felt while Jesus was sleeping on a pillow. My favorite response, it says, then he arose. Can you say he arose? arose. Today, Jesus is to arise, not just in this room, but in our lives. The Prince of Peace is to arise because everything changes when he arises. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And watch what happened. The wind ceased and there was a great calm. When When Jesus arises, there's a great calm. How many people need Jesus to arise in their lives today? Jesus is, he is the center and he's our foundation and we are to live above and not below. In this story, he commanded the elements of the earth. He lives above the elements. That King Jesus lives inside of us. What does that mean for us? We have authority to speak, peace be still. There is a choice when we are in the boat and he's taking us somewhere new and things start coming against us, things that we don't like, things that we don't plan, and even when water starts filling the boat, we have a choice. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? I love the second fear. And they feared exceedingly. I don't think that they were talking about the winds and waves anymore because it had stopped. They stopped and they were still fearful, but the fear was in the right place. They were afraid of Jesus. They were in awe. Who could do this except for him? That's where our fear is to be placed. I just see that I wrote in my notes, it's a big math equation for all you math lovers. It's the greater sign. Jesus is on the greater side and all the situations and things that we battle or deal with are on the smaller side. Jesus is greater than any situation that we're in or will go through. That's our foundation. That's where we go back to. It's not fear and anxiety. That will stop it in a minute. So we just say this morning, Jesus arise. Bill says that Jesus was in the storm, but the storm wasn't in him. I love that. I love that because I don't know where you're gonna go, but you're gonna go a lot of places and you will walk, we will all walk into a, a lot of different situations that might not be full of peace, but that does not dictate who we are or dictate what we bring because we have 
a very strong foundation in him. So what is peace? Peace. I say Jesus is peace. In Isaiah 9, verse 6 and 7, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He is the Prince of Peace. You know, and peace isn't just the absence of war and tension and conflict. I'm in peace because I have conflict. True peace is Jesus. So it's our relationship with Jesus. So if you don't know true peace, then let me introduce you to my King Jesus because he is true peace. In um, Ephesians 2, verse 14, it says, for he himself is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. We just celebrated communion, took communion together. That's what we are remembering is that we, he took down that wall and that we have reconciliation with him with peace. Like we all have access to that, whether we choose to um, live there or not. But our, we have a lot of power in this as far as what we choose. So thank you, Jesus, that you're our peace. Thank you, Jesus. Peace is a fruit of the Spirit. You know, in fruit, when you, I'm gonna plant fruit trees. I got a lemon tree for my birthday. I'm so excited, but I'm gonna get more fruit trees and um, I'm excited to get to eat the fruit off of that. But when the Spirit of God is with us, there is fruit. And you, peace is a fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against such things, so against such there is no law. So we are all about his presence, and in his presence, this is the fruit that we get to enjoy. And the peace that is so powerful that it even passes what's understandable. That's the kind of peace that we get access to. So even if the situation, you don't understand it, it doesn't make sense, you can still stand on a foundation that's really sturdy, even if it doesn't make sense. That's King Jesus' peace. So what makes us vulnerable to fear, stress, and anxiety? Because this is something I really feel passionate in my own life, but even all of our lives. Like, we're not to live underneath this, guys. We might experience a moment of it, or maybe it's more than that, but, and maybe feel it knocking or maybe even tempting you. But that's not, we're not to live underneath this. So what makes us vulnerable to fear, stress, anxiety? I would say, number one, what we feed our body. Like if we don't, if we don't um, meet our nutritional needs, then you don't feel good. And when you don't feel good, everything is wonky <laughs> in your life. It just, it's not, a, it, it's a really bad place to start to try to be good at anything. We um, are vulnerable to fear, stress, and anxiety when we um, don't have adequate sleep. That's super simple. But like try to think through something really good when you don't, haven't slept well. Like you just don't think straight, think right, and nothing good usually comes of it. And usually you're kind of short and hard to be around too. Short not in your stature, but short in how you treat people. We are vulnerable to fear, stress, and anxiety when we have lack of friends and accountability. Lack of friends. 
Isn't that interesting? I, um, when I was going through, oh, actually when we were, I was in labor with our first daughter. So when you, when I was in, when you're having a baby, when you've never had one before, you hear lots of things that once again, remember, you know, my story about people getting married, then of course, then I'm having a baby and I don't know what to do with the things that people tell me after they don't ring true with other things. So we're having a baby and I'm going into, um, delivery and, um, it's such a mind game because you know the baby's going to come out, so I always going to be happy. I'm in the hospital, and I am not leaving until I have a baby in my arms. That is so exciting. But then here's the game. How long is it going to take? Can anyone tell me? Nobody can tell you that. And uh, I, so I go in there, and I'm a quiet deliverer person or birthing. So I just had like a screw on the side of the bed, and I just looked at it a lot. And um, people would be screaming, and I'd be like, why are they screaming? Is that going to happen to me? Who knows? You don't know. You're on a journey. And um, so I'm going through the process and it starts to get really intense. They call it transition. Your body's just very, very intense. And I, I get to the point of like, I can do this. I, I'm okay. But I don't know that I can do this for like 10 hours. I mean, I could probably do this for like two hours, but some people have said their, their labor is 24 hours. I don't, and I'm in my brain thinking, what's not always the best idea. Um, and finally I look at Eric and I'm to the point where I'm like, I don't know how long I can do this. And I go, to, I go to Eric and I'm like, Eric, I can do this, right? Because I don't really say very much during my um, labor. I can do this, right? And he's like, yeah, you got this. You got this. Like he would know, but, <laughs> but it worked. It was enough for me. I was like, okay, we're there. And, I, and it was fine. My labors were actually, I was only in the hospital for four hours. It all went really fast. But it's a game because you don't really know, right? But that's part of the journey when God takes you, when you're with Lord. How long is this going to last? I can do this for one hour, two hours, three. I don't know about 10 though. And um, I really appreciated the strength and support that um, was in friendship right there. Had I been alone, I might have given up or, you know, tried to do something else crazy because I know I couldn't do it, right? But when we partner with people and have people around, it's a strength and support. And I believe that it... um, shores up our walls against fear and anxiety. Um, in my, the recent attack that I had against this stuff, I came to church on a Sunday morning and I was um, sure that, I, I honestly came after I Googled some stuff and I was sure that I was gonna die. And um, I thought, I, I know that I need to have prayer before I leave this morning. And so I was just waiting for service to get over so I could grab someone so they could pray for me. And I found, my, I found a friend and I, I just told them, that I, go, I know this is really crazy, but I just need to tell you the truth. And it was crazy, like I'm gonna die. And, um, and they're like, oh, I would be honored to pray for you. I'm just gonna soak you in prayer. And they just prayed over me. They declared stuff over me. They had belief and just prayed into my destiny. And, all, and I was just crying because I felt so loved on. But everything changed. I still didn't know like, if anything had changed physically for me. But um, I, that fear that I was going to die, that doomsday thing, was all off of me just because I grabbed a friend and was honest and had them pray for me. And I ended up going to the doctor, and everything's come up good, and I'm fine. But um, Google was not my friend in that situation. And I'm very thankful for the friends that I do have. And accountability, we're not meant to live in isolation because we could get way off. Like our brains are good and sometimes they can take us weird places, especially at nighttime. Hmm. The thoughts that I have at nighttime are bad. Um, Another area um, that leaves us vulnerable is rest. Do you know that we're supposed to have a Sabbath? 
And this one is, this one's really important. The Lord's really touching on that one of me because I'm a very responsible person and I just want to do everything and make sure everything's okay. Even if I don't have enough time to do everything, I will kill myself trying to get it done. And then where do you rest? And all of a sudden life doesn't become as fun, which is one of my core values. So I'm violating who I am when I live underneath that, when I'm not resting. But it's also what the Bible says. Like we're supposed to rest. And when we don't have rest, we act out of character. What makes us vulnerable to stress, fear, and anxiety? Lack of taking a Sabbath, a day of rest. (laughs) Um, Last thing, what makes us uh, vulnerable is what we feed our spirits and minds. I like to watch, here's my confession, I like to watch crime shows and detective shows I was raised on murder, she wrote, <laughs> my grandma. And, um, and I, I don't love the bad things that happen, but I just love how they have figure out the puzzles and stuff. And um, the only thing is when you watch that a lot, then when you have to get in your car in a dark alley, you're all, oh, I think someone's over there. Get in the car fast, fast. It's fear is just really fast there. Or you watch a lot of the doctor type shows and like everyone's diagnosed with either cancer or heart attacks or something's wrong. And then you have like a little, like there's a pain there. Well, that's probably my appendix is bursting right now. I've seen this episode. What if we were more aware of and more have fed ourselves more from this than some of those episodes or more than reading other books or articles or Google that our first thought was, oh, and Jesus healed that. Oh, and, and testimony. I've, I know someone who got healed of that. This isn't gonna be a bad thing. This is good. This is your opportunity for breakthrough. Oh, finances, no worry. He always provides. You can find money anywhere. What we feed ourselves is really important and will either open the door for our destiny to walk in who we're supposed to be or open the door for us to get robbed. We don't, we're not supposed to be living there and being the rock, getting robbed. How do we stay in peace and bring it into situations? Being with the Prince of Peace. He made access to us to be with him. Lori Burns did an exercise with our staff where she said, we're gonna put on music and here's a piece of paper and on the top of the paper it said, um, letter from God to me. And she said, I'd like you to take some time and just write down whatever he's telling you, like what he's telling you, and then you're just gonna write a letter from God to you. And I'm like, that's great. And then I start writing and asking him, and I just get overwhelmed with his love, and I just experience God as a lover. And um, it was so significant to me that I wanted to do it with my interns. So then uh, I meet with my interns once a week, and this is probably, I don't know, a month and a half ago. And we sit down and I share the exercise and I have the paper and I said, now we're just gonna, and we have a lot of work to do. We're preparing for the family weekend. We're preparing for, and we just, we have a lot of stuff to do. But I just thought this would be a fun thing to do for like, you know, 15 minutes at the beginning of our intern time. And um, we write our letters and this time, the Lord comes to me and he writes to me how he is the Prince of Peace and how um, he's right there and wants to give me even more peace. And this is after my experience, you know, of January, February. And, um, and I am so undone by his peace at that moment that we don't do anything else. And mind you, I'm so responsible that I just wanna make sure everything gets done, even if it kills me. Like that's the lesson that Jesus is teaching me right now. <laughs> and um, we're sitting there and we just get arrested by his presence And we just go, actually, this is the most responsible thing that we could do right now. And everything that was feeling so weighty that was killing me started to fall off. 
And I got so light, and we just enjoyed his presence. I thought, Candace, you can't forget this. The most responsible thing you could do is to be in my presence and be with the Prince of Peace. That's how we stay in peace. It doesn't mean that we can, we can, we can still keep doing things and keep producing and providing, but we can do it from a different place. Make sure you remember that. Yes. Um, and then also um, where we look, you know, that we would fear him more than anything else. It's, it's where we're drawing our attention, that our attention is not on our issues and problems because when they get so big, it's out of, it's, it's wrong. It's wrong proportions that Jesus is who we fear. And, um, and then also would be gratitude. I believe that gratitude allows us to uh, keep our peace because it's the same thing. It keeps our, everything in the right perspective because it keeps, that's when Jesus arises is when we fear him and then we're thankful for him and ushers in his presence. Um, and when we choose to feast on, what we choose to feast on allows us to walk in, walk in and bring peace into any situation. Uh, Philippians uh, chapter four, four through nine, we would read this a lot to my girls when it would get nighttime and they would start to get afraid of things. You know, you kiss them goodnight and pray over them and you finished all your bedtime stories and, and then you go away and they're like, mom, can you come in here? What's wrong? I just don't feel right. What doesn't feel right? Well, I'm kind of afraid that a lion is going to come in here. Okay. We live uh, in the middle of Reading. So it's not logical, but it's real. Like, they're really afraid. Like, I really can't sleep because a lion's going to come in here and eat us. I know it. So I'd go through. Like, you're safe. We have doors. They have locks on the doors. Like, we're in the middle of Reading. You know, you don't have to be afraid. But I am. A lion's coming. And so then we would go to um, the Word. And we would read, um, we'll start at be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So then we're like, thank you, Lord, for our home. Thank you that we're safe. Thank you for your protection. We just start thanking him. Thank you that you've always provided for us. You know, we just start focusing on him. And then, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. So we start there, but then verse eight, to me, this is a filter that we want to keep really close. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Girls, as you go to sleep, what are you, um, does a lion killing you, does it, can it go through that filter and still be there? Is that true? No. Is it noble? No. Is it just? No. Pure. Okay, so that one doesn't make it. Can you find something that, would, that you can think about when you go to sleep that fits through that filter? Um, I'm excited. I love that we had ice cream the other day. Okay, that was cool. Yeah, that, that works. Okay. Anything else? I'm really thankful for the new dress that I just got. Okay, you know, and it starts, this, it starts them moving in the right direction. And then sometimes it would get deeper, sometimes it wouldn't. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. This filter, we need to keep really close on our minds and our hearts as we're on this journey because we're gonna go through things that we don't know um, what's gonna happen. It might not be the exact outcome that we had planned, but we have the Prince of Peace with us. We live above the elements, not below them, even if water's starting to come in the boat. 
but we get to choose what we feast on. We get to set ourselves up for success by taking care of ourselves. And so if you can, actually, before everyone stands, I want to pray for anyone here who has been attacked by fear and anxiety um, in this season, because you're not supposed to leave in the same area that you came, or the same way that you came in. So if you'd like prayer for fear or anxiety, I want you to stand, and we're going to pray for you, because you are not to be robbed anymore. So if you're around anyone standing, I want you to put a hand on them or put your hand towards them. And if you are right next to them, I want you to even choose, use your faith and belief and make declarations over their lives as well. So thank you, Lord, for everyone who's standing. I thank you for their destiny and I bless them. I bless your spirit in them. And I just right now invites you to come encounter them as the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace who's bigger than anything else, that's bigger than anything that they're facing or any circumstance that could possibly ever come against them. And I invite your perfect peace into it right now. I pray that they would experience your peace so much that it would cover all the stuff that doesn't even make sense to them. Yeah, so I just, I bless them and I say no more to fear and anxiety. No more. And Holy Spirit, that you would just come and saturate and ordain. I just pray that you just put people around them to love on them, to be faith to them and to believe for them. And yeah, so we just bless you. We bless you. We bless you with peace, with courage and with strength. Yeah, and I thank you, Father, for breakthrough today. Breakthrough today that um, fear would fall off of them. The anxiety would lose its grip right now in Jesus' mighty name. Yes, amen, amen. Now I'd like everyone to stand and I just wanna bless everybody. I wanna bless everybody today. Prince of peace, that you would stand and arise today. So I bless you, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So I just release peace over you. And I just say, Jesus, arise in everyone's lives here today, that you would be the center. Yep, and I say, peace, be still to your minds, to your bodies, to your spirits, to your hearts. Yeah, we just receive you. We honor you today, Lord. And we fear you more than anything else. Yeah, we fear you more than anything else. I just bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. This weekly podcast is now being translated in several languages. Visit podcasts.ibethel.org.